Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Yoga is a familiar Sanskrit word to many today, but not everyone's aware that it refers to the union or unity that is experienced when we bring our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our essential spiritual nature. When we do that, we are, in a sense, restored to our original wholeness. We realize our spiritual nature, and then we can consciously live in harmony with it. Our topic today is Eight Success Principles for Fulfilling Life's Purposes. From inspiration to persistence, we're going to look at eight keys for successfully fulfilling our purpose in life that we can readily learn and apply. We're blessed today to be joined by my guru, my spiritual teacher, Roy Eugene Davis, who is a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda and world teacher of spiritual principles. He's joining us today to share how it's possible to be successful in all aspects of our lives, especially when we remember the higher purposes for which we came here. Roy Eugene Davis is the Spiritual Director of Center for Spiritual Awareness, um, and his organization has a retreat center and world headquarters in Lakemont, Georgia. He's the author of many books on meditation, Kriya Yoga, philosophy and practice, and Healthy Living, the editor and publisher of Truth Journal Magazine and Monthly Lessons for CSA members around the world. Some of his books are published in 
10 languages and uh, 11 countries and, and probably more since, um, <laughs> since that was written down. Um, when Mr. Davis was 18 years old, he read Paramahansa Yogananda's autobiography of a yogi and what immediately felt uh, a spiritual connection with uh, Paramahansa Ji and the Kriya Yoga tradition. So, Following through on that inspiration, in December 1949, he traveled to Los Angeles, California uh, to meet his guru, his spiritual teacher, and was accepted for monastic discipleship training. And then Mr. Davis was ordained by Paramahansa Yogananda in 1951. So uh, he has now been teaching for over 60 years, and uh, my life was blessed when I met him in 1979, began my study and practice with him. You can find out more about um, Center for Spiritual Awareness and the books and resources available to you from Mr. Davis at their website, which is csa-davis.org. Org. Uh, good morning, uh, Roy, and welcome to Yoga Hour. Good morning to you and to our listeners. It's a pleasure once again to be with you and to have the opportunity to, to share ideas and a flow of consciousness. Thank you. And as we begin our conversation, let us begin with um, just a moment of meditation and centering. We pause for a moment now and simply bring our attention and our awareness within, away from sensory involvement. Just a moment to let restless thoughts settle, acknowledging one reality, the infinite life that is called by many names, that is the support and the substance of all that is, one reality, right where we are right now, let us acknowledge this divine life this divine essence, omnipresent, present within us, around us, between us, and direct our attention to move from the periphery of our awareness into the depths. And you can do this easily by simply letting your breath be an anchor for you as you breathe in, feel as if you're diving within into the depths of your own conscious being. And as you breathe out, simply relax and let go of any restlessness. Breathe in and feel the cool air entering your nostrils and warm air flowing out. All it takes is a moment like this, any time during the day, to become centered, 
to become spiritually aware, touching in on our essential nature that is beyond words and thoughts, unmoving, unchanging, birthless, deathless being. And when we do that, we can become anchored in the peace that emanates from our essence of being and invite that peace to pervade the mind, the emotional nature, and the physical body. And let's invite this peace now to overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. In our first segment of the program this morning, we're going to look at inspiration for leadership as part of the leadership series we've had uh, going on with Yoga Hour now for a while. Um, As a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, you had the good fortune and the opportunity to learn from him in many ways um, by what he taught you directly through the transmission of his awakened consciousness, and also, I think, um, very importantly, what you were able to observe about him. Uh, I was, as I was reflecting on that, I thought of one of the questions uh, in the Bhagavad Gita that Arjuna, the seeking soul, asks uh, Krishna, the higher true self, he asks, what is an enlightened person like? How does such a person talk? How do they act? How do they look? Um, and Paramahansaji was and is called master, signifying his self-knowledge and, of course, mastery over himself. Um, often, one who demonstrates mastery naturally leads others, um, whether they set out to do that directly or whether it's simply by uh, example. So, tell us, what did you learn from Paramahansa Yogananda about leadership, and how did did he naturally uh, demonstrate that? Well, he demonstrated it by his words and by his example. And he often told us uh, when he was talking with us and encouraging us to live right and to cultivate our spiritual qualities, he used to say, I, I want you to be as strong as I am. He had that inner strength. And of course, he had vision. He had a sense of mission and uh, he was intent on accomplishing that mission. And, of course, uh, others who were around him were inspired not only by his vision and his actions, but by the uh, dedication that he exhibited. Mm-hmm. So by emulating him, uh, we, could, we could learn to be like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, a, not an imitation, but we could, we could use a, uh, unfold our own potential and express our own potential and be, be successful as he demonstrated uh, success outwardly. And when you talk about um, him ha- uh, having a vision and uh, a mission, do you want to talk a little bit about what that was? His, his vision? mission, uh, yes, his mission as he saw it was to uh, spread the word uh, to other people that it is possible in one incarnation to be uh, self knowing and God realized. And he came from India in 1920 with that intention and was active for more than 32 years in America, uh, fulfilling that uh, that mission. And, uh, of course, the organization that he founded, the Self-Organization Fellowship, continues to uh, extend his vision uh, 
throughout the world and will do so for many generations to come. Uh, he often said, I heard him say many times at public gatherings and at private uh, meetings with him, I sow the seeds of my uh, desires for the welfare of humanity in the ether, and they have to come into manifestation. So he was a visionary. Mm. And, he, and of course, just like in New Thought, we teach that uh, there, through our mind, which is one with a universal mind, our intentions and our imaginings and our expectations can um, come into manifestation through the cooperation of that universal mind. Mm. And uh, he, he, act, he acted on that. And you know when you when you share about his vision and this intentionality and uh, sowing the seeds, um, you know uh, of this message of quickening, you know the spiritual consciousness awakening, um, and doing that for the welfare of society of all humanity. That you know, in other words, he he wasn't a leader because he said, you know, every day I am sowing uh, in consciousness the seeds of my own success. <laughs> right? He, he his vision his vision was for the welfare of all. That's right. And uh, I, I, that seems to be, you know, a very uh, important key. And and as you talk about him, you know, as a visionary and having a, a mission and, you know, a steadfast dedication to that and how, you know, others were uh, attracted to him, you know, of course, from his uh, consciousness. Um, but also it seems that um, his... This dedicated focus, of course, which I've also um, been privileged to see in your life, to witness, you know, over the years that I've known you, um, is a powerful component of this. You know, so there's a vision, but then there's also this incredible focus of, of remaining uh, steadfast and keeping that vision in mind. Yes. He always emphasized to us the importance of uh, living an ideal life and cultivating our spiritual qualities so that we had something uh, substantial to share with other people. Not only could we talk about spiritual matters and perhaps demonstrate uh, right living, but our our spiritual consciousness could uh, radiate out and beneficially, silently influence others. He emphasized the great need uh, at the time I was with him, the great need for more people uh, to come on the scene to uh, uh, be qualified representatives of uh, what he called God's will. He, he, he referred to God's will in regard to uh, the awakening, of, spiritual awakening of the masses as an evolutionary process. Mm-hmm. And uh, on more than one occasion, I heard him say that when we are in harmony with that intention, then our own spiritual progress is accelerated or quickened. Yes. He didn't, he didn't recommend that we participate in, in the process of assisting others to their spiritual good uh, for selfish reasons, but it would happen automatically. We got in the flow and we're uh, really servants. Uh, yes. doing our best to serve others and show them the way to self-realization, that our own spiritual growth would be accelerated. Mm. So 
I like to emphasize to uh, to people that our self-realization, our awakening to self-knowledge, is not only for us. It is not a selfish or self-centered uh, uh, inclination or aspiration. But the more enlightened we are, the more uh, our consciousness beneficially influences the collective consciousness of the planet and helps to brighten it. So I think all people and all processes of life are subtly influenced beneficially by our spiritual enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And cooperating with the transforming, uplifting um, power in the universe really requires us to have a vision, you know, that is larger than our our individual um, success. And uh, in your book, The Spiritual Basis of Real Prosperity, uh, you are offering uh, several success principles that support um, aligning ourselves with uh, life's evolutionary um, intention. And um, you begin with the the first uh, principle of inspiration, and um, tell us how you define inspiration. Well, the dictionary definition is to be filled with the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. and of course, I I see this not as infilling uh, from from outside of ourselves, but an upwelling or emerging uh, from, from from within us. Mm-hmm. Because I def- I see that each one of us, each soul or being, is an individualized unit of the pure essence of an ultimate reality, commonly referred to as God. So when that uh, spirit within us begins to be aroused and uh, to be influential, then we can we can experience it in our mind and in our body. We have more energy, creative ideas. Uh, more uh, um, spontaneously, more dynamically. We have a strong sense of purpose. We're happier. Uh, but that comes from the, from deep inside of us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, yeah, I'm just going to say, in your in your book, you you explain it as, um, as the soul's natural urge. Um, to express that, you know, when we when we receive uh, inspiration, you know, uh, uh, an idea or a new insight that you know, we can understand, as you're describing, that this is, this is coming from within us at the soul level of our being, right? And that and that it's natural. It's natural for us to be inspired, and that our spiritual practices really can. Uh, open that up uh, that we can uh, experience more of it. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about um, the second principle, aspiration, and what that has to do with uh, inspiration. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Roy Eugene Davis. His website is csa-davis.org, and we'll be right back with you. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Roy Eugene Davis, Direct Disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda and the Spiritual Director of Center for Spiritual Awareness. And we're continuing our conversation about inspired leadership. In the first segment, we um, were talking a bit about uh, leadership as um, Mr. Davis was able to see it um, in Paramahansa Yogananda, his clear vision um, for the welfare of all and the sense of participating in this evolutionary uh, thrust going on in our world, the awakening, um, the unfolding of awakening of all souls and and how having a a divine uh, mission, a higher idea, vision, uh, we can cooperate with that and um, tune into the inspiration that uh, unfolds from within us. And just before the break, um, I mentioned that the second uh, success uh, principle that is listed in Mr. Davis's book is aspiration. Um, and so we want to start there. Like, how does that 
aspiration uh, connect with living an inspired life? Well, we have to have a vision of possibilities. We have to desire, uh, not not willfully, but we have to desire uh, what it is we want to do, what what we want to accomplish. I think number one, our main aspiration to be is to be self-knowing or self-realized. But then also, we should aspire to be able to experience and express excellence in all aspects of our lives. I don't emphasize that we are supposed to retreat from everyday life, or to withdraw, or to go into a, a transcendent state and uh, disappear from from the three-dimensional world. Mm-hmm. But we should aspire to experience excell- excellence in all aspects of life and include in that the aspiration to be self and God realized. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, so many people at times email me or write me letters or, or call me on the telephone. And I know sometimes people get down in the dumps and they'll say, well, I'm, I'm depressed or I'm apathetic or I don't have any, any idea of what I would like to do. Uh, the future looks bleak. Uh, I find it difficult to be inspired. And uh, so I recommend that they learn more about their true nature and the potential that is within them that can be cultivated. And also not only acquire information, but also practice prayer and meditation to uh, call forth, bring forth uh, some some of this inner inner uh, um, awareness and uh, get, a, get a larger vision of life. I think that's important. Mm. But uh, we have to aspire, and, and I believe we have to believe what it is we, we aspire to, to realize. We have to believe that it is possible to uh, actualize it, to have it actualized, to have it uh, um, manifested in reality. And so in the teachings of, of yoga um, and, and certainly in metaphysical traditions as well, there, there is the um, importance, of course, of study, of, of learning about the, the nature of the, of the universe and, um, you know, how we are uh, a part of that larger reality. But then there is also the important emphasis, as you have mentioned, on, on direct experience of that through meditation so that we, we know that is the truth of our being. And that, that opens us, um, to that, a greater possibility of, um, thinking, you know, beyond the limitations of the, of the small self. And, uh, yeah. so it seems that that, um, emphasis both on, you know, study, but, but without practice, uh, study is, is certainly not, um, that beneficial. But uh, I also emphasize in regard to meditation, uh, not only meditation for stress, stress reduction and mental, mental serenity and general well-being, but what I call superconscious meditation, transcendent meditation, uh, withdrawing attention from externals, from subjective, that is mental and emotional states, and even from thought processes in order to have the opportunity to experience pure consciousness, pure existence, which is a transcendental state. And uh, when we experience superconsciousness, which many people call a peak experience, 
that superconsciousness then blends with the contents of the mind, even with our physiology, our physical systems, and uh, purifies the mind, weakens um, troublesome subconscious uh, uh, influences, and actually um, strengthens the body's immune system and contributes to longer, healthier life. So I emphasize superconscious meditation, not passive, uh, a passive, peace, mentally peaceful experience or an emotional experience, but a, 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 an awareness of intense clarity and certainty and an experience of being. And I think that, and that is transformational and eventually liberated. It, yes. it illumines our mind. Yes, and that that seems um, absolutely essential when we talk about higher possibilities and even about living in a more expanded, uh, successful way. And that um, it's it's essential to to have this tool that allows us to go beyond um, the uh, re- restrictive tendencies of um, you know ingrained thoughts or behaviors and and to have this um, experience of our essential nature that is unbounded that is not restricted so right. uh, and then that can uh, influence it can positively influence. Um, uh, our thoughts and 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 our our bodies and um, you know we we change it, it changes us as as you have described and then we can that influence can uh, support us in um, uh, bringing uh, changes into our everyday life such as um, possibility thinking which um, is one of the things that that you talk about uh, in your in your book what what role does possibility thinking um, play possibility. In well, possibility thinking is the process of imagining a possibility, imagining what you might like to experience, or imagining what you want to experience as being already experienced or, or already manifested, and having the feeling uh, of that experience as reinforcement. Uh, you know, when you use imagination, you actually are use. Uh, regions of the brain that are associated with an actual experience. So you're actually uh, developing the capacity of the brain to experience what it is you want to experience. Uh, For instance, we know that uh, people who who play sports, it's commonly known as people who play sports, play golf or play basketball, or now during the Olympics, I'm sure many of the, the, uh, the athletes are picturing in their mind the successful outcomes. Now, of course, in competition, not everyone can win. <laughs> mm-hmm. all, all can, everyone can do their best, but not everyone can win in competition, uh, in a sports competition. But if we can see in our mind's eye uh, what it is we want to uh, experience or uh, accomplish or uh, a goal we want to achieve, if we can see it in our mind's eye and believe it possible, uh, to to have actualized, then we can go forward with the confidence and and skillful skillful actions and uh, actualize it. Also, possibility of thinking with conviction. Also, again, in cooperation with the universal or cosmic mind, produces and attracts 
supportive events and circumstances to make possible the actualization or the manifestation of the desired outcome. So possibility thinking and imagination are certain, certain, certainly very uh, creative tools uh, that we can use effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think more powerful than, than many people uh, think. And uh, it really doesn't take long um, to practice those skills of possibility thinking. And as you describe, um, you have a booklet on how to use the technique of creative imagination, which listeners can, uh, I think, find uh, free on your, on your website, um, right. that, that tells you, you know, how to go through this process step by step. Is it's not just... Um, sort of thinking about it, but it's actually moving uh, through and inwardly feeling what um, the felt sense of it is um, as um, already accomplished. And um, this is having the experience in the moment, even though it hasn't, you know, yet come to fruition outwardly, it first comes to us inwardly. So that's a really important um, tool. And I, and I just want to add that um, along with possibility thinking in terms of bringing forth that, which, you know, we have not yet manifested, um, there's also, you know, what I have observed um, uh, in in you over the years um and and have read in uh your guru's works the importance of keeping a positive focus in life um keeping our thoughts elevated not letting ourselves get distracted by um by by negative thinking yes or simply or simply distracted by irrelevant activities that are going on in our environment mm-hmm. uh, Stay focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Paramahansa Yoga and the saying on many occasions at public gatherings and privately that in regard to uh, spiritual uh, spiritual awakening pro- process or spiritual growth progress, he used to say that spiritual growth can be accelerated by by focusing attention on essentials and disregarding or minimizing non-essentials. In other words, paying attention to what works and ignoring what doesn't work and also ignoring situations that might distract attention from our major purposes in life. Mm-hmm. So, so many people today, you, you watch on television, you see people go on weekends, they go out, hundreds of thousands nationwide go out and uh, get all emotional at football games and other, and other, other sports uh, activities. Or they get involved in uh, uh, rock concerts or pop music or frivolous television shows, uh, and, and they consider it to be fun. And, and more than 20%, or should I say more than 20 hours uh, is estimated a month, are, are, are devoted or used by people who are involved with social media. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. are so involved with social media. Not just um, um, not just uh, for the purpose of uh, necessary communication, but for the fun of it, mm-hmm. and to satisfy curiosity. It's amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just one more diversion. 
Yes, and, and so you've, talk, you've talked about, you know, it, how important it is to think about how much time we actually have here. And so when you talk about, you know, 20 hours is average people are spending on social media, that's, you know, pretty close to a day of, of, of our life. And right. so, if they use, you know. If they, if, they, if they use 75% of that for meditation, they could have 15 hours of med- worthwhile meditation, couldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, so, it, so we really have to think about how much time we have and uh, what what we want to to do with it. Um, in in coming back to our principles, you you have uh, listed as the fourth principle: uh, education, acquiring knowledge to live effectively. And along with education, you listed um, emotional maturity, being willing to learn and to um, to become mature is essential to success and um, I know I have heard you speak about this as um, as an area especially um, for those on the spiritual path that that seems to be uh, an area that that could be a useful focus for people to understand that um, emotional maturity and willingness to learn um, are are very essential uh, to our progress could you talk a little bit about that Yes, I was just reading in, uh, in a, book, a book that you sent me recently uh, about Dr. Chopra, with, uh, by Dr. Chopra and his brother. And I just happened to come on a little, a little uh, short paragraph that he included in one chapter that uh, a sign or uh, an indication of, of uh, he called it being an adult, but really being mature, uh, is to be able to do uh, what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, uh, skillfully and willingly. And even mm-hmm. even the unpleasant things that need to be done, you handle them with dispatch because that's, a, that's the job in front of you. Uh, and, of course, in the Bhagavad Gita, as you mentioned earlier, the Bhagavad Gita, uh, in a couple of chapters, there is great emphasis on on doing duties uh, mm-hmm. that, that is before us that, or that is at hand, do it skillfully. Don't shirk it. Don't shirk, shirk, shirk it, or back away from it. And uh, but do it uh, uh, efficiently, without being attached to the actions or to the re- results. In other words, do what has to be done when it has to be done, and that's a mark of maturity. And on the spiritual path, uh, a person who has uh, who is willing to grow to emotional maturity uh, will have a much more accurate uh, view of that ultimate reality we call God. Many people who are emotionally mature have a dependent relationship with that concept of deity that they have. Uh, Father, mother, uh, idea of God, a personal caring God uh, who will grant favors or satisfy wishes and so forth. And Mm -hmm. it's it's a childish uh, infantile uh, attitude that they have. Mm, now, of course, yeah. again, if they, if they will meditate effectively and want to sincerely aspire to be self-realized, eventually they should have experiences which will enable them to see what is true and then become emotionally mature. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it would help if they started out uh, and being willing to face up to some facts uh, at the outset. 
Mm, and you know, you're describing really that this, um, this self-realization, knowing the truth of what we are, is really an empowered way of, of living. You know, when you talk about being emotionally immature, somehow, you know, thinking of a parent figure who, who's going to take care of everything, it's not a very empowered way to live uh, as, as adults and certainly um, not a model for leadership. So when we come back, um, let's talk about um, what it means to um, have really a spiritual practice. And uh, sometimes people feel that they don't have time for that in the midst of doing what they're doing to succeed in life. So let's address that when we come back from the break. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to The Yoga Hour with guest today, Roy Eugene Davis. His website is csa-davis.org. We'll be right back with you. Looking for the spiritual in your everyday life? Searching for meaning in the meaningless? Check out the book, Rants to Revelations, by Reverend Ogan Holder. Using his characteristic wit, humor, and storytelling, Reverend Ogan brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of Rants to Revelations today from www.rantstorevs.com. Are you saying to yourself, I'm going to focus on me starting Monday? or right after the holidays, or on my next birthday. Well, we are here to say, don't wait another moment. Your health is the most important gift you have for yourself and those you love. Start now to become a more vibrant, healthy human being. Take that critical first step and join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central on Awaken to Your Best Health, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien. My guest today is Roy Eugene Davis, a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, uh, the spiritual director also of uh, Center for Spiritual Awareness with headquarters in Lakemont, Georgia. We've been talking about uh, leadership and uh, successful living and reflecting a bit, of course, on uh, what Mr. Davis uh, was able to learn um, and observe from his guru, Parmansa Yogananda. And in the last uh, segment, we were uh, talking about 
uh, self-realization and uh, being em- empowered, learning how to take responsibility um, for our our lives. And um, at the crux of that, um, you you mentioned, you know, if people could just meditate and have this direct experience and begin to awaken, that is one of the most powerful things they can do. But people often say, you know, they they don't. Um, feel that they have enough time for spiritual practice. You know, they're raising families, they're working, uh, some, one or two jobs sometimes, and, uh, and of course there's a lot of, uh, technology that people are tuned into today. So, you know, what do you say to people who, who say they don't really have enough time to devote to spiritual make, practice? And they're making excuses. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. all they have to do is, is just decide when they're going to meditate and do it, whether it's 10 or 15 minutes a day or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Uh, most people uh, schedule time to do what they want to do or have to do, and uh, most people waste a lot of time in idle talk or frivolous activities. So uh, I'm convinced that anyone who is intentional about um, meditation and one of the benefits of meditation can schedule at least 30 minutes every day on a regular schedule and stay with it. And uh, while they're meditating, give their full attention to it. It's a matter of intention and follow through. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, t- this talk of I'm too busy, too much on my mind, I've got several jobs, there's too much noise in the house, my wife or spouse doesn't understand, it's all just excuses. So, and, and really, it can, and you know, you once you begin to meditate, you discover that that kind of thought process is actually contributing uh, to the very experience that you feel is your obstacle. So, you know, once you start to meditate, you know, generally you notice that, that things begin to calm down in your life because you calm down, right, and also, also you're more focused and you're more efficient. You accomplish more in less time. Also, you can use your discernment and decision-making abilities to eliminate from your life some of the activities and perhaps relationships that are unnecessary. That'll give you more time. That'll free up some time. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of being more, more focused and decisive, mm-hmm. and, then, and then just going ahead and doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I can remember Paramahansa Yogananda one of his written lessons that he used to distribute to his students many years ago, told of how a man came to him and and, uh, said, how do I know what you tell me about meditation practices has any value? And uh, Yogananda said, you try it for six weeks on a regular schedule, as I have instructed, and then you come back and tell me uh, Mm -hmm. what your results are. That's how how you will know. (laughs) You will do it and you will know. Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about being successful and, um, and, you know, having a spiritual practice as a foundation, the necessity to be focused and to just go and follow through. And, um, you know, everything that we do that, um, is, is worthy of us in life really requires us to, uh, persist, um, to be willing to, um, be committed to what we do, to, um, persevere through, uh, obstacles that may arise, uh, to learn how to 
um, face failure and, and learn from it along the way to keep up our enthusiasm and to not lose hope. What have you learned about the value of persistence uh, over well, the I, years? I, I've learned from experience that, that it's necessary and it's helpful. Uh, as you mentioned earlier at the outset of the show, a program that I've been involved in this work for more than 60 years, and uh, I've seen other spiritual teachers and writers and seminar leaders over the years come and go, rise and fall, and uh, I've stayed the course. I've been on more than 60 years on course, and you've known me for 35 years, Mm -hmm. and you know that I don't blow in the wind, and I... Always, I'm always focused on what, what, what is most useful, most important, and uh, so I, I don't get involved in trying to impress people or trying to sell the, sell the message. I just stay in there with a steady program uh, of, uh, of ministry service. As you know, I, I write the books, but also I write the articles and the material for our Truth Journal magazine and our lessons for our our uh, um, students who support the work. Uh, also, another publication for people who are uh, initiates, uh, initiate practitioners of meditation. So I have to meet deadlines, and I've been doing this for more than 45 years. So it's just a matter of, again, being focused and, and just steadily going forward. Mm. And, uh, and also... What has supported your What has supported your ability to do that? Um, to to stay focused, um, you know, to to not to not lose heart. You know, I mean, there are um, certainly if we if we look around us, we you know sometimes can you know we think, well, I did that, it didn't work out, or you know, um, there are students who come, um, but then there are lots of students who go. <laughs> And so, you know, how do you stay focused um, and not, not lose heart, not lose your um, inspiration and enthusiasm in the long course? Well, to me, it's been easy because from uh, an early age, early teenage years, I felt this calling to do what I do. So to me, it's not something that I thought, oh, it would be interesting to do mm-hmm. or something that someone told me to do or suggested that I do. I didn't go to a guidance counselor and ask, what do you think I should do with my life? When I was a teenager, I I had this calling to do this. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but it did work out, as you mentioned. I was reading four months ago, then this book, and then uh, having the opportunity to have his guidance and encouragement. And uh, then on my own, after he passed, and uh, going forth and experimenting to find out how to how to perform effectively. So it's been a calling. So uh, it's never in my mind been, a, been an idea of, oh, I'm going to quit doing this because <laughs> it's, the, the going is hard, people don't appreciate it, or things aren't working, or I'm, I'm bored, or I'd rather do something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that, that is not in my consciousness. No. I've been doing this for 60 years, and I will continue to do it probably for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, but, but again, it's a calling. I have and this vision, vision of possibilities, and I just know my time, I know my abilities and, and skills, and I, and I try to use them wisely, and I just go forward with confidence and faith. That's all. I just keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and so you- 
And I remember, too, as you remember when I mentioned, in the Patanjali Yoga Sutras, the basic text on on Raja Kriya Yoga and Raja Yoga practice, that one of the disciplines, I recommend the disciplines for spiritual practitioners, for people on the spiritual path, is to cultivate soul contentment in all circumstances. And you have that inner inner contentment at the deepest level of being in your essence, then you're not unmoved. That is, you're not moved or disturbed or uh, excessively bothered by what happens outside. Mm-hmm. You have your you're grounded. You're spiritually mm-hmm. grounded, and that's important. Yes, and that 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 brings us that ability then, as you say, to not sort of blow in the wind, and uh, to be you know uh, not overly reactive to uh, circumstances. And of course, you you had the wonderful uh, advice um, from your guru about about how to live. And we're going to conclude, so um, perhaps we can conclude with that advice. His his last uh, words to you about what to do with your focus in life. Do you want to share? That? Yes, I will. Thank you. When I first had my first interview with Paramahansa Yogananda Christmas Day in 1949 in Los Angeles, California, and after a, uh, a short talk with him, and he accepted me for discipleship training, gave me some advice on how to fit into the uh, routine there at the SRF headquarters, how to and, and how often to meditate and what books to read. And then he said, "Read a little." meditate more, think of God all the time. And that stayed with me all these years. Mm. Then, two and a half years later, almost two and a half years later, uh, about three weeks before he passed, I visited him at his desert retreat house out in 29 Palms, California, where he spent most of the last two years of his earth life. And we were in the living room of his house. It was in the evening. And he talked with me for about an hour and, we, and uh, shared many anecdotes of his experiences with his teacher and other experiences that he had had. He gave me some personal advice about meditation and so on. And his last verbal instruction to me, it wasn't just a suggestion, it was instruction. He looked me right in the eye and he said, don't allow your mind to be unduly troubled by what others do or don't do. And don't look back, don't look to the right or to the left, but look straight ahead to the goal. I know what he knew what he meant by that self-realization. And go all the way in this incarnation, and you can do it. That was his last instruction. Don't mess around. Get on with it. Thank you so much for sharing that with us this morning and for for joining me on the Yoga Hour. A reminder to visit uh, Mr. Davis's website, csa-davis.org. And um, uh, for those who are listening live, I want to let you know that Mr. Davis will be visiting uh, Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in California uh, for programs on March 14th and 15th. Uh, coming right up. So for information about that, visit csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour at iTunes. We look forward to being with you next time. Remember to let your inner light shine into the world. Share your peace and your joy.
joy with all that you meet. Thank you again, Guruji. Thank you, Roy Davis, for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Rev. Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. To find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer. Activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. 
These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 